All right. Uh, welcome to the show. Good to have you along. I would like to bring into the program, if I could, Chris, I'm going to bring in Nadine Spencer, who's president of the Black Business and Professional Association. Uh, for listeners who are unfamiliar with your organization, Nadine, can you tell us about the Black Business and Professional Association? Yes, we are a 38-year-old organization that has been in Toronto, and we work to address equity and create economic opportunity for our members, Black businesses across the country. Last night was particularly violent in the States. It's the seventh night of people taking to the streets. How do you feel when you you watch that footage? You know, it's sad. A, a A lot of individuals, not just Black people, are hurting. When we see that, we're shocked, we're empathetic. We're, we're hurting, and it's painful to see. It's very, very painful to see. And, and the more oh. it continues, we're recognizing, you know, finally the problem is, is brought to light. You know, what, what you see here is, is what uh, Black people have been seeing, experiencing, and feeling. And now it's brought to light in such a, such a big, profound way. Um, but it is hard to see. You wrote an open letter. Before we get to the contents of the open letter, I want to ask you something that I think a lot of Canadians, when they're watching the footage and hearing the stories, and although we have uh, friends and family and loved ones and we have uh, deep connections to our American neighbors, a lot of Canadians view this as an American problem. What would you say to that? Absolutely not. Race is not just an American problem. The current situation that you see, it, it's, it's, a, it's a Canadian problem. It's a, it's a global problem. If we isolate an incident of, of a group that's being marginalized to one, one particular region, then we're, we're, we're all going to be in, at loss and in, 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 in a very, very tough way of managing because it is not an American problem. It is a North American problem. It's everyone's problem. It's my problem. It's your problem. It's the community and it's a global problem. You wrote an open letter. Um, you titled it now is not the time for silence. It's an, who did you pen this open letter to like hope? Who did you hope would read this letter? And can you also give us a summary of what the letter contains? Yes, well, you know, I won't call out any leaders in particular. So I know many individuals, as you know, in Toronto, there was a march on the weekend and a lot of individuals showed up. But when, when I looked at the lens of, you know, some politicians uh, and other leaders in, in our community and in, in the corporate sector, I felt that many voices are still missing. Uh, you know, I see um, uh, the CEO of Apple had written a letter to his team, which was published. And I think, you know, Leaders need to say something. We all need to state our solidarity, our concern, our empathy, our our global community um, support, collaboration uh, with each other around this time. We we as a community, as a black community, were hurting, and others are hurting. And I felt when I wrote this letter that we needed to hear more voices because the, the voice. At, at the table, speaking about the issue helps with the healing. It helps with the, you know, colleague, I see you, I understand. And this is not just a your problem. It's not just a black problem. It's all of our problem. And so I, I, I couldn't take it anymore to sort of sit in silence and, and not say anything and not call out um, leaders who are, who are not coming to the table to say something. In your open letter, you um, quoted Reverend uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said that rioting is the language of the unheard. How important do you think it is that people understand why uh, some people turn to rioting? Some people don't. I think the majority, and it's very important to say this, the majority of Americans that are taking to the streets 
uh, are uh, doing their, uh, you know, doing it peaceful. They're uh, exercising their First Amendment rights. And then there are people that are taking advantage of this, uh, getting into the rioting. You know, they have their own agenda. But there are other people that do tend to to riot when they feel like they're at their wits end. So talk about that and, and what you why you thought that uh, quote was so important. Yeah, you know, it's 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 like a combusting sentiment. You know, when something has had enough, it just explodes. And when something explodes, you don't know what the repercussions of that is. And I think as some people are, well, two things: we're we're in the state of a pandemic with coronavirus, and people are locked in. We're we are uh, you know quarantined, and and that in itself has a whole host of issues. You know, I think our mental health is the next sector we're really going to have to look at in a big way. So compiled with what happened to Amy Cooper in in Central Park, and then of course George Floyd. You, you can, people are just at, at that breaking point. They're at that breaking point. So while I, one does not condone to the looting and all of the, uh, the byproducts of what has happened with the rioting, you know, the, the, the rioting is, is happening and because the people's voices need to be heard. They need to be heard. Um, and when hurt is happening, we don't know how it manifests itself for some people. And for some people, what you see on the news, um, you know, they're running to the store, they're breaking the windows. You know, that's the, the downside to, to that. But to Martin Luther King's point, you know, it is the language of the unheard. And when you have individuals that, you know, have been denied opportunity and they're at that critical bursting point, they, they I think maybe it, it happens without true rational thought through process and they just react because they, we, we cannot take it anymore. We cannot take it anymore. Okay. And Trump's response, he finally responded. Uh, I don't think his response people were looking for, maybe some Americans were looking for this. Uh, but here is his response yesterday at the Rose Garden. As we speak, I am dispatching thousands and thousands of heavily armed soldiers, military personnel and law enforcement officers to stop the rioting, looting, vandalism, assaults, and the wanton destruction of property. It doesn't sound like he's listening. And that is really the gist of what you're asking for in your open letter. You're asking for leaders to listen. Now, I I mean, I think that's crystal clear what he is, uh, he means by that. And I'm sure your reaction is much like other people's reaction to it. So I want to move over to our prime minister. He spoke out about anti-black racism in Canada yesterday. Here's what Trudeau had to say. Over the weekend, we saw thousands of people gather across the country to join peaceful protests against anti-black racism. By standing together and denouncing the few who would try to derail these demonstrations, Canadians are sending the message that they will never tolerate injustice. To young black Canadians, I hear you when you say you are anxious and angry, when you say that This brings back painful experiences of racism that you've faced. I want you to know that I'm listening and that your government will always stand with you. Together, we will keep taking meaningful action to fight racism and discrimination in every form. Okay, well, that could be helpful when you relate it to your letter because you're asking for um, leaders, world leaders and leaders uh, in general just to listen to uh, people and listen to their cries here. But do you feel like he's the right man to address this issue? I mean, 
uh, the guy's credibility is uh, pretty bad when he's admitted three times to wearing blackface and he can't recall how many other times he did. So listen, he has dealt with, you know, um, with, with, with that issue. He, he, you know, that was a long time ago. He, he, he was very open about it. I, you know, he dealt with it. He apologized. And, and I think we have to move on from that. It, it, it's really irrelevant, especially in the context of this. What the prime minister said yesterday was absolutely what, what is needed. And, and I will not go, go um, respond to what, what Trump's statements. What do we expect? Mm-hmm. That, that's, well, yeah, there's I, I no point, expect, really, yeah. yeah. No point. We, we, we didn't expect any, any better. But the prime minister's statement, we was, uh, it was well thought through. It, it really showed empathy as a leader. He's listening. And, you know, it, it came from the space of, you know, I, I don't necessarily fully understand. I'm not a black person. But, it, but, but he expressed um, denouncing of, of, of the, those racial inequities. And he actually, and he, and he talks a, a little bit about, you know, systemic systemic changes and he acknowledged, you know, anti-black racism, that it does permeate the system and unconscious bias. And so we, I felt great to hear the prime minister's statement. It, it was, it was well done and, and it reached the people. And as a leader, that was the right response. That is the right response. Nadine, where can people find your open letter and what are you hoping people t- will take away from it? The open letter can be found on our website, bbpa.org slash um, silence is not the option. And it's also on our on our homepage of the website. And, and what I, we're hoping people will take away from it is, again, you know, edu- education and awareness, awareness on the issues that black people, black businesses face in our society is very, very important. You know, we're currently working with an organization, with a, a group uh, in Little Jamaica on Eglinton West, and 45 of those businesses have closed. And that is because of race, you know, anti-black racism, lack, lack of access to capital, lack of access to all the things that would enable a business to succeed. So what we want people to take away from this letter is, A, that black businesses suffer in a, in a unique way different than other mainstream businesses, that voices needs to be heard. So if you're a leader, you know, say something, say something, let the black community know that you hear us, you see the situation, you see that it's deplorable, and you will openly state state that. You know, a lot of the police um, officers, chiefs in the United States, they, they came online and they said, we, you know, we're officers, they were in uniform and they talked about the deplorable situation of what the other officers did. And they said, this is not what we're here to do. We're here to serve and protect. And so I'm hoping that this letter will bring people forward to speak, to speak about the potential, what needs to be done and how we can work together as a community to um, address equity in this country and globally. Nadine, I really appreciate you sparing some time with us this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. Cheers. You as well. Stay safe. Nadine Spencer is president of the Black Business and Professional Association and wrote an open letter. If you want to read it, I would recommend you go to their website.